Wake up at Holiday Inn Express to a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. Count on all the hot, fresh coffee you need and an incredible breakfast buffet that has something for everyone, like eggs, cinnamon rolls, and even hot, fresh pancakes with all the toppings you crave. Next time, do yourself a favor and stay at a Holiday Inn Express with a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. So, when you wake up at Holiday Inn Express, you'll wake up happy, a part of IHG Hotels and Resorts. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell the crooked referees on Roger Goodell. Yeah. like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. News all winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma. Shout out to the Who That Nation, man. We up in this thing. Great Saint Thing Tank representing Sports Coma. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the Sports Coma with BQ and the guys where we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam. Shout out to the fam. Hope you guys having a fantastic week, baby. We uh hump day and it's about to be Thursday. 
and we're on the right side of this week, man. A couple of days we'll be in the weekend, baby. Getting ready for the Saints Vikings matchup, man. And um, we got to get to them old Vikings and Tam up, but they're doing some stuff, man. Very interesting, man. Uh, they they've won some games despite the injuries that occurred, which is very interesting for a team to be missing some of its key personnel, and they're still winning. That, my friends, is something to watch out for. But in this episode of the Coma, man, we're going to go over the Saints midweek wrap-up. We'll go over that, plus we'll react to a couple of videos. Dennis Allen's teleconference happened today. We'll also react for a few minutes over Derek Carr's last interview that he did. We'll talk about that today. So shout-out to the fan. Appreciate y'all being in the shot in the chat. Shout-out to you. Dante, much love. Appreciate you. Elite Jeremy, shout out to y'all. OG Jerry, big ups to your fam. Appreciate you. Brother Brandon, how you doing, sir? Appreciate you. Much love. Appreciate y'all for being in the stream, man. Hit the like button if you please. All right, so with that being said, fam, we're going to hop right into it. I'm trying not to hold y'all uh, too long in tonight's episode for the, the Saints midweek wrap-up stream. And I was on the Pelican post-game report. That's why I'm coming to you guys late. Pelican's got a... Uh, Got the, you know, what's handed to him tonight. So we was recapping that on the Pelican Post Game Report. For those who don't know, we got a Pelican stream. Y'all can check it out. It's on YouTube as well. Pelican Post Game Report. All right. So anyway, shout out to Niles Carpenter, our contributor at thewhodaddaily.com, our headquartered sports site that we represent. And he dropped an article this uh, sometimes today. And we're covering that on today's show. And it's a collage of all of the News that happened with the Saints, hence the term wrap up. So as the Saints prepare for week 10 showdown against the Minnesota Vikings, the midweek injury report pops up and notable names of Kendra Miller, Isaiah Foskey, the snowman, and a few other peoples as well. On the positive note, Ty Summers is, is doing pretty good. Demario Davis was listed as a full participant. You know, he was dealing with knee issues, kind of slowing them down. But this is a look at the injury report. Kendra, uh, Kendra Miller, fantastic rookie running back out for Wednesday with an ankle issue. He's been dealing with some issues, injury issues this season. And it's just unfortunate. But the Saints do have uh, good depth there. Elvin Kamara, Jamal Williams is there. Taysom Hill, if we need him in the pinch to handle his business as well. So we have them there to check that out. So also Isaiah Foskey, the snowman was shut down uh, and the Saints did bring in a Another defensive end. We talked about that on the TSC Q&A special yesterday. Uh, Jimmy Graham got more rest. He was limited. Ryan Ramchick was also limited. Ty Summers hamstring fully practiced. Demario Davis knee issue fully practiced. Adam Prentice. The Saints get Adam Prentice back. We'll talk about that as well. A little later into this article, the Vikings. Jaron Hall, their quarterback, still under concussion protocol. Uh, and we already know that Josh Dobbs will be the guy that starts for them. That's already announced. You look at Dean Lowry has a groin issue was DMP, the defensive lineman wide receiver, KJ Osborne concussion. And then of course they have a bunch of limited practice players, Brian Asamoah, Christian Darasaw, TJ Hawkinson, the tight end is there. Darren saw that the offensive lineman is there. Justin Jefferson was also listed with a hamstring as limited and yeah, we'll see what's going on with him there. He he was listed there with an asterisk next to it and a few other guys there, as you can see. So anyway, be interested to see what the Vikings do, but it's a it's they're a very interesting team. They're on a winning streak right now. And they had Josh Dobbs came in in a trade at the trade deadline, came in a hall, their quarterback got knocked out of the game. 
Dobbs took over in in come from behind fashion and hero fashion, beat the Atlanta Falcons last week. They helped us out this week. We'll help the Vikings out this week by beating them as well and returning the favor. And hopefully we can kind of get this thing going in, in the right direction, approaching into week number 10, fam. Week 10 is here in the Saints offense. Got to get off the snide and do something consistent, man. We need consistency to have success. And of course, in other news, the Saints made a roster move by welcoming back veteran linebacker uh, Corey Little, who returned to the Texans for a brief stint. So the Saints practice squad. So Littleton was picked off the Saints practice squad, ended up going to Texans. <laughs> it's this, you know, is that's par for the course. So anyway, and then of course the Saints designated fullback Adam Purchase for return from the injury reserve list with a full participation in practice, signaling a potential return to action in Week Ten. And we've been missing, we've been missing our fullback, and we had to use our nose tackle as a fullback. The Saints did not bring in a backup fullback, or they did not have a backup fullback on the practice squad. You know, so uh, uh it's very interesting we don't have that guy, but Prentice is a guy, he's only our only fullback, and we do only use Saunders when he's on a goal line package. So Prentice coming back, maybe the Saints could utilize him to be a lead back for some of our other running backs so they don't have to take all that power, that pain that most linebacks, defensive line, or whatever got to shoot at. Hope we can use a lead blocker there. And even though the Saints have Adam Prentice and they'll activate him, and we, even before he got hurt, the Saints didn't use him as often as you would like to see him be used. It's, you know, what's the purpose of having him there if we can't use him like what we want to use him? And we'll see, man. But anyway, outside of that, Adam Pritchard returns. The regular fullback returns. Saints cornerback Paulson Adebo. Shout out to Paulson Adebo, man. He was named as the defensive player of the week. That's his first time getting that honor. And this fantastic game against the Chicago Bears where he had multiple interceptions and uh, he had uh, seven tackles, three pass breakups, a fumble uh, recovery, a forced fumble, sorry and two interceptions. He was absolutely fantastic, and he is well-deserving of the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Shout-out to Paulson Debo. You know, shout-out to him doing that. And he's just been absolutely fantastic, especially in the last game. And, you know, after him, a lot of people was on his back last year, and it's a sophomore year. But this year, he's really stepping up and showing. It's not an easy job playing opposite of Marshawn Lattimore, let me tell you something. It's not. He gets tested a lot on that side, and it's good to see him shine, man, because it just makes our young DBs even stronger. Lattimore, Debo, and Alante Taylor. You know, we have a very special three right there doing a good job. So anyway, his accolades mark significant milestone for Debo as his first time receiving the prestigious honor with his interception total doubling in just seven appearances this season in the career I 11 pass defense of Debo not only solidifies presence in the Saints secondary, but also has climbed into the top of the NFL leaderboard in that category as the Saints set their sights on the NFC South title. Week 10, fam. Week 10. So, shout out to y'all, man. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, we need to get this W against the Vikings, man. But they're playing pretty good, man, based on what they have, man. And, uh, he just need to, we just need to be more consistent in what we doing, man. So Paulson, the a lot of stuff had, you know, a lot of people's talking smack about Paulson early in the year. They were also talking about Paulson, the uh, losing his job to Alante Taylor. He did not, 
he did his thing and he stepped up and handled his business. So, you know, we got to be proud of how Paulson has played, man. And we want to keep him um, going in that direction, man, and keep moving and moving forward. Also, fam, let's keep moving before we jump into some of these, um, some of these um, uh, videos that we want to react to today. I want to share this article right here. This is from um, Pro Football Talk. Saints have no plans. And this happened a couple of days ago. Saints have no plans to audition possible replacements for Blake Groupe. And that's the question that a lot of people have been asking. Believe it or not, a lot of family members have been on Twitter and other places or X or whatever the hell you call it now. And they've been talking about getting rid of Blake Groupe. And I was tempted to kind of break out the footage that uh, I had uh, when we traded away um Will Lutz to the Denver Broncos for pittings. Pittings, nothing. We got absolutely nothing for it. But I was just thinking about that, you know, and how I was saying this, that, and the third, and people were like, we'll be okay. And once we made the jump, I was like, man, listen, we got to ride with the kid, man. He's not he's not doing that bad where you got to talk about bringing other people in. If that's the case, then you, you probably might as well just get rid of them if you're just going to bring somebody in. But Group A missed a few fit kicks. He hit a lot of really good kicks. But like I said, the dude is a rookie. Same as with Headley, our punter. Saints kicker Blake Groupie had a chance to put the finishing touches on the win when he was called out, called out to try a 47-yard field goal with just two minutes left to play against the Bears on Sunday. Groupie's kick would have put the Saints up by 10, but he missed, and the game remained in doubt until Demario Davis forced a fumble on the sack of Bears quarterback Tyson Baggett. And the fifth missed field goal of the season for the rookie kicker, but those misfires aren't causing the team to rethink its approach at the position. Dennis Allen said on Monday that he's seen some really good kicks kickers that have some inconsistencies as a rookie before going on to have success with other teams while explaining why the team has not made any plan plans to audition possible replacements. Allen did suggest there won't be an endless chances for group A to show his consistency, but you know, it's a grown man league, all that kind of crap, but he's 18 to 23 on field goals and 19 to 19 on extra points right now, 18 of 23. So that's why I was like, I'm not going to beat up on group A because he is a kicker. He's a rookie kicker. You know, he's a rookie kicker. He is a rookie kicker. And unfortunately, you know, this kind of stuff happens when you have a rookie kicker. He's going to miss kicks. But people was like, well, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Don't worry about the, the kicker situation. And ultimately, uh, you know, this is what's a part of the game, man. Anyway. Let's get ready to head on over to Dennis Allen. Let's see what old DA got to say. We're going to play some of this. And if you guys got any questions, please feel free to drop, drop them in the chat, and I'll do my best to answer them. Shout out to you, KK. How you doing? Appreciate you. Yeah, Jefferson's out. Yep. Ramsey, shout out to you. Good to see you. Knife Ward Larry, how you doing, sir? Brother John. Randy, good to see y'all, man. Appreciate you. Much love. All right. So big ups to everybody, man. Good to see y'all in the chat. All right. So, Yeah. <laughs> It is not that bad. He says it's not that burn or bad. You mean bad, right, KK? It's not. It's not. But listen, even though, you know, we talk about them missing the field goal, right? We talk about missing the field goal that could have put the Saints up by two. Another way to look at it is maybe the Saints offense should have got up off the ass and scored a touchdown. In the second half. How about that? 
instead of putting it in the hands of your rookie kicker? How about the Saints' expensive offense, led by a $150 million quarterback, got up off his ass, start seeing the entire field, throw a touchdown, and take the game and put it up as opposed to tiptoeing in the tulips with the rookie to kick a 47-yard field goal to put you ahead? Maybe you get off your ass and score a touchdown, Mr. Carr. Get your offense together and score touchdowns and do what you got to do to put and force the game ahead as opposed to relying on the field goals. How about that? You know, that's another way, just another way to look at this thing, man. Another way to look at this thing, you know, just just saying it's as opposed to leaving it in the hands of your rookie. Uh, you got a 10 year quarterback with one hundred and fifty million dollar quarterback uh, qu- uh, contract standing right over there. You got all these weapons here. Rashid Shaheed, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Elvin Kamara. Instead of relying on the rookie, Blake Grupe, how about you go down there and get that touchdown, brother? How about you take your ass down there and score that touchdown and take this game like it's supposed to and take possession of the game the right way with touchdowns? How about you do that? But, you know, that would be another topic of discussion. <laughs> we'll, we, we'll go about that. We'll go about that another time. But anyway, here's Dennis Allen. Here's his thoughts on the Saints today. I thought, you know, particularly under the circumstance, I thought he came in and operated really well. He made a couple of really good throws from the pocket. He was able to get out of the uh, pocket, scramble around. Made some good throws on the run, uh, you know, was able to scramble for a couple of first downs, scrambled for a touchdown, uh, did a good job of, of making a throw on the run for the two-point conversion last week. So there was a lot of really good things that uh, that I saw, you know, him do in the game. And, look, he's he's a guy that's that's been in our league for a while and, and had opportunities to start. And, um, you know, he's, he's done a good job. Dennis, I know when you all face a, a new quarterback with a team, you, you focus on the system that they run. But when the guy you're facing has a somewhat different skill set than the other guy, do you try and anticipate how they might tweak their play call? Yeah, you try to you try to anticipate a little bit. I mean, you know, it, it's obvious obviously a difficult thing to do in the middle of the season to just, you know, change your entire scheme, but but certainly there's some plays that his athleticism, uh, you know, leads them to be able to do that, that maybe they weren't going to do with Kirk, uh, you know. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com slash holiday. No matter the occasion, whether it's a date or a family holiday outing, daytime ice skating at Cameron Run Regional Park is sure to delight. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria, skate on the outdoor rink and stay warm with hot chocolate or make s'mores over a fire pit. This unique winter experience is only available for a limited time. Open daily December 18th through 30th and weekends in January and February. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. And so I, I think, yeah, I think, you know, we try to anticipate some of the things that they might try to do with them. And yet I think a lot of the things that they do, um, you know, do fit his skill set. Dennis, when we've been talking about the, the issues that team has had with the sort of the quarterback scrambling while escaping the pocket, is, is there any carryover or is it different than, than 
Yeah, I, I think we're diff we're dealing with a different issue right now. Um, you know, this is more about rush integrity, um, rush lanes, making sure we're 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 um, not giving the quarterback easy escape lanes. Look, certainly, um, you know, those things happen in, in our league, particularly when you're playing, you know, an athletic quarterback. Um, but yeah, there's 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 certain things that we've got to do a better job of uh, knowing that. You know, this is this is a player that uh, really can hurt you with his legs if you're um, if you're not careful. And yet, you know, if you just let him stand back there in the pocket all day long, you know, it can hurt you with his arm too. So it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. But but certainly, uh, we've got to be better in that area. And, and that's something I I have a question. That's part of the questions that I have. The problems that I have with the Saints right now going into the rest of the season. Week 10, we still so very inconsistent offensively speaking and defensively speaking. We're not as rock solid as we originally had thought we were. Like if you think about how the Saints did provide and get the turnovers from last game, but the offense wasn't able to take the five turnovers and turn them into, you know, and capitalize on all those turnovers, just capitalize on one of those turnovers. You know, it got a uh, – I think one of them, I don't think they did another one. Maybe y'all remind me in the chat, but I know one for sure they had a touchdown on and they only beat the team by seven points. And the problem is with the Saints defense as during this season, it is it has the ability to amplify quarterbacks that are mediocre, make them look a lot better than what they actually are because it's not like he talked about gap discipline and lane blitz and or when you blitz quarterbacks having the discipline not to blitz too wide or, you know, making sure everybody stay uh, at a certain length to not allow quarterbacks to escape lanes or hatches to open up so that they can escape out. Like if you are rushing them and then you peel inside and it allows, it has a full moon effect where they leak out to a, toward the left side of the pocket or vice versa. Or if it just parts like the Red Sea and a guy just takes off up the middle, Saints are not spying anybody. They're not. They're sitting, and most of the time you see the linebackers are sitting back in zone watching the quarterback, but they're playing the pass. So they're relying in many times on the front four to generate pressure to get to the quarterback. The last several games or so up until you start seeing the Saints get wholesale turnovers in the last contest, we haven't really seen um, them consistently pressure. You know, they'll rush, but they won't get home. They'll do, you know, and it is not enough pressure to make quarterbacks uncomfortable. The blitzing is not enough blitzing Dennis Allen is doing to make quarterbacks uncomfortable. And by the time the Saints start getting to the quarterbacks, in many cases, these guys have already have a repartee or a rhythm, a harmony, a synergy with the guys that they're throwing to. Like, a, like we talked about the Chicago game, you can credit the Saints defense for kind of locking down the back end of the game, you know, like what they did with the turnovers and the stops that they were ultimately able to, you know, muster in that second half. But also you can look at the fact that it was a philosophy shift as well with the Chicago bears. I pinpointed it in the broadcast, the play by play. I was like the bears have gone away from what worked. They stupidly, foolishly, ridiculously went away from what, what worked the Ty Tyson and quarterback confidence was sky high when he was scrambling around making plays. It shows you that obviously when he was scrambling around moving, his passes had more zip on it. He was a lot more accurate. He was more in involved in the game. 
then the philosophy changed and they started using the running back more and kind of dial back from plays where he would stand in there and make moves or or he would facilitate runs or whatnot. They went away from that trying to run the ball and they had some success, but not nearly the type of success they had when Tyson was in there scrambling around making plays. The Saints didn't have an answer for that. They did not have an answer for that. And they continue not to have an answer for that. Like in some of these games, it's not one or two isolated incidents. It's several different plays where uh, the guy is constantly running around the field, extending plays and throwing passes down the field. In the Indianapolis game, it happened when Gardner Minshew was able to scramble out to the right, extend the play, then find his wide receiver in the back or right corner of the end zone. That throw could not have been made from the pocket because it would have been intercepted but he extended it, scrambled out to the right and through the pass. You've seen it with Baker Mayfield when the Saints lost 26-9 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You've seen it happen. They have an annoying trait, even in the Green Bay game, with Jordan Love, when they allowed Jordan Love to run around on him, and then ultimately he got he he got, he gained a rhythm. His confidence went sky high, and he was able to lead and put up 18 points in 11 minutes to beat the Saints in the Packers game, something that should never have happened. But what I'm saying is, the Saints have not done any, they haven't done a complete job of stopping mobile quarterback threats. This was a question that we went into the season this year, last year. That's been the Achilles heel of the Saints defense ran by Dennis Allen. It can't, it, it, it fails to stop mobile quarterback threats. And these damn quarterbacks that we was playing are not mobile quarterback threats. Like Tyson was a guy, he has wheels, but any, he's a smart quarterback. Anybody, any smart quarterback. If this, if the damn offensive line opens up and you got a 10 yard cushion between you and a linebacker, you're going to take off and go and get that. Maybe that linebacker misses you and you'll be able to sneak out another five or six yards on it. So the question is asking the reporters are asking the correct question. And the correct question is, you know, what are you going to do to stop these guys from scrambling around? You know, Josh Dobbs can scramble around, right? Yeah, we know, we know, we know. But also Josh Dobbs said, that he knows this offense. He said that when he went over there and that he commenced to show them last game against the Falcons that he knows the, the offense. He knows that offense. And another thing is Josh Dobbs is pretty intelligent. He's one of he's one of the most intelligent young quarterbacks that we have in the league. He's not a rookie. He's a journeyman that's been in different systems, but he's really an intelligent dude. I remember when he was at the University of Tennessee, Elvin Kamara knows him. The dude had a lot of success down there because he's really smart. He sees things differently, you know, so he is a guy that you're going to have to pay attention to. The Vikings are playing with an energy right now, despite Jefferson, despite Cousins and other players that are hurt. They're still winning games despite their best players. That is a very unique and interesting energy that they're playing with that you're going to have to match. So the, the questions I have outside of the defense not having the ability to consistently stop mobile quarterback threats or just creating pasture for them to go. The guy sees it. He's going to take off, you know, or if he's not scrambling on you, he's running outside the pocket to extend the play so he can find a pass upfield. He can do that too. And then on the, the offensive side of the game, instead of trying to let the kicker win it for you, how about our expensive offense going to get the touchdown? I'm still scratching my head on how we were only able to, win the game by seven and not blow that team off the map. What's wrong with this offense into week nine, into week 10? What happened to the two-minute offense we were supposed to use when the offense started getting stuck in the mud? Did we utilize the two-minute offense? 
Did we utilize it in the second half of the game when the, the offense got stuck in the mud? They died. The offense basically died out there. They couldn't produce any points. They couldn't do a damn thing. They basically died out there. But we happy. I'm happy we escaped with a win. Yes, indeed. But how long are you going to keep escaping before you have to actually go and play a consistent full game consistently day, week after week? That's when you know you're good. Sometimes you're going to have to win games. You beat a team by three or seven, something like that. But some of these other games, you're going to have to rely on what works. And the Saints, that's the problem. The Saints don't have a steady. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion philosophy to go what works like they'll go away from what work what worked from in the past week they'll go away from it and most of the time it's not just on Pete Carmichael what he's doing it's just last game like the offensive line wasn't blocking worth a down so guys gonna have to be play be more consistent across the board they kind of have to be more it's, it's 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 not gonna work unless guys have to be more consistent and they have to rely on what works you know, guys, gonna the fundamentals, this team is, that's the thing, man. That's why I love this. I love the talent of this team, but I just can't get away from the overwhelming reality that this is Dennis Allen's team. And Dennis Allen's team, albeit that they are super uber talented, they're still led by Dennis Allen, who's an up and down coach. He's a up and the team is up and down. It mimics his energy. It really does. Some games, they know what the hell they're doing. Some games, they don't. We out there scratching our head how you can't stop these dudes from running all over you. These are not top-notch, you know, top. These are not even the last several quarterbacks that are scrambling all over us. These are not even the top five, top ten quarterbacks in the NFL to do that type of thing. These are bottom ten guys doing that and the Saints having hell to stopping them. So, I got questions, man, and a lot of it starts with consistency on both sides of the ball. Offense has to score more touchdowns than what it's doing. It has to be more consistent in the fundamental things. It has to be more uh, smart. It has to be. It has to be smarter in the use of his personnel. I don't understand why Jimmy Graham is a healthy scratch when he can help you catch touchdowns in the red zone. What's going on here? What's going on here? We can't figure a way to put Jimmy Graham in the game. In the red zone where we need help at? We we can't figure that out. Just uh, it's just some head, head scratching stuff, and we week 10 in the game. So we got a Vikings team and we keep getting these games where we have and the teams are banged up. They don't have the starting quarterback, they're missing their best player. And we have to take advantage of that. We have to take advantage of that. We have to beat the team. We have one game before the bye week, then come out the bye week. We have the Falcons at in their building, I think, and then we got Detroit in our building. They got some games that's coming up after the bye that we got to be ready for, and we need to week number 10. I, I would not have thought that in week 10 the Saints offense would still be struggling to find itself. This is really something else in my opinion, but let's finish up with Dennis Allen. Um, 
Yeah, look, I think there's a there's a kind of a lot that goes into that. Um, you know, obviously, a you got to you got to uh, you know be able to create some seams inside so that the runners can get to the second level of defense, um, and then you know our ability to block out on the perimeter to uh, you know turn a four or five yard gain into a you know 12, 15, 20 yard gain. So um, I, I just think it's it's just you know, being a little bit more consistent with, you know, targeting, being a little more consistent with getting up to the second level, um, getting our running back started, and then, you know, finishing off with those, you know, last level blocks, you know, on the perimeter. So it is more of a, like a blocking issue then, uh, you think? Yeah, well, yeah, I think I think there's, a again, there's a lot of things that, that go into it, but, um, you know, certainly try to get our runners you know, into the second level of the defense without, um, you know, having to make any any type, you know, without contact. Um, those are those are things that lead to the ability to get uh, explosive runs. Dennis, do you think you guys have a little momentum, or is that a term that we shouldn't use in the NFL? Yeah, look, I mean, um, you know, we've, we've won two in a row. Obviously, that's a good thing. Um, you know, this week is a different week and a different opponent. I think really that's that's really honestly for you guys to determine, Ed, whether you guys feel that way or not. It, it's really our focus is um, getting ready for the Minnesota Vikings uh, and, and trying to, you know, put the best plan together that we can and, and go out and execute to the best of our ability. All right. That's Dennis Allen um, in the press conference today. And that's a very, in, in, like I said, defense, offense, the key to, this week and into the game, one word, consistency. We need to consistently play better. And let me add a couple of more words to that. Consistently play better. Because they can they can use consistently in the opposite direction. Consistently, they're consistently poor or what have you. But they need, need, need offensively, defensively, and even special teams. Everybody just needs to play better. They really do. And uh, the offensive line really needs to play better. Like the the last matchup, we could have done a better job of running the football. We could have done a lot better job. The offensive line didn't really do that well of a run blocking job, not consistently throughout the entire game. We have to do better there. We have to be able to – Derek Carr has to go through his progressions, full progressions from left to right. He has to fan through his progressions and be patient back there and, you know, and make the passes. We have to operate with that, with that mindset, you know, and – it's just right now we just aren't there yet. We kind of doing these struggle wins and we happy to get the win and learn. But it appears like we things that we use that work, they don't translate to the next week. You know, they it, it just they just can't take something from the previous week and make it work. You know what I'm saying? It's just weird. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what this offense is good at, you know, and and years past the offensive line would be very stable it would you know at least give you an opportunity to run the football where you can get four or five yards per carry this offensive line is not it's just not as good as what i'm thinking it it, it did and a lot of guys dealing with injuries and i get it you know you got hurst just got back andrews pete has some issues and they kind of scrambling around putting this line together so it's a lot of in moving inside parts there of guys not playing as well as you would like them to play or the, you know, injuries are happening where you sliding guys in. So the line didn't have opportunity to get 
a chemistry where these guys are playing together for a max amount of games and everybody's just knowing what everybody's going to do. We're not seeing that. Uh, and it's, and it's, we, we got a lot of football left, but we really starting to get into the meat of our schedule. When we get behind Minnesota, we'll take a bye. We take a breather. Guys will relax. And then we head into the, uh, the meat of the schedule with Atlanta and Detroit and all these other teams that we got to look at. So in the end week, number 10, looking forward to this game. We'll preview this game uh, tomorrow and go into it, but I'm really interested to see just what this team, uh, if they consistently can do some positive things here, man. Uh, and, and like the offense, I'm really waiting for the saints offense to take off. I really want to see it take off consistently and be, you know, and, and it's, it's known for something. It's like, I don't, I don't I, it's still a lot of question marks there. And week number, going into week number 10, it's really frustrating because Michael got, Mike Thomas got one ball thrown to him. Derek Thomas made it a mission to get that ball to Chris Olave in a game you can tell because in many plays he was staring him down. As soon as he snapped the ball, he was staring in this direction. Um, and I can understand him trying to get him into uh, to get him into a rhythm. But if he's covered or if there's an easier pass, you got to go to that particular guy. If Michael Thomas is a guy, you you got to ride the high hand. You got to move the ball around the field because there's always somebody that's going to be open. Somebody's going to be open. You just have to get the ball to him. And that's the whole thing. So my thing is, like, I'm talking to the offensive line. We need that line. They give us more dominant performances. We need them to start winning individual matchups. Like we talked about the Colts game, how from an offensive standpoint, the Saints um, did some positive things. In the Bears game, they did some positive things. But the running game could have been a lot better in the Bears game. Could have been a lot better. We needed the offense to score touchdowns in the second half, and they died out there and try to, you know, get the kicker to kick him and get him 10 and the guy misses it. Gather at the Winter Village at Cameron Run and experience the magic of the holidays with ice and lights. Enjoy a fun, unstructured outdoor family experience. Just a few minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Explore whimsical light displays, snap selfies, and take a spin on the outdoor ice rink. Book your visit early. Calendars fill fast. So make your plans with friends, visitors, guests, or that special someone today. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. But it's still in the, I'm saying the Saints offense really should be, and I'm saying should be a top 10 unit or a top, they're good enough to be a top five unit in the NFL. They really are. But the issue is, is that the guy's not seeing the field. They ain't going through his full progression sometimes. He stares down guys sometimes. The offensive line doesn't bring it every game. You know, it's just a mishmash of different things that's happening where it's causing the offensive line not to be, I mean, the offense as a whole not to be as consistent as we want them to be. And then I would never have Jimmy Graham as a healthy scratch, even if I have to 
take my fourth string wide receiver and sit his ass down or whatever I got to do. I'm going to make sure I get Jimmy Graham out there or at least have him in the goal line plays. Some kind of way I'm going to get him involved in the game plan. Some kind of way, especially if it's in the goal line. We have to be able to utilize because we don't have the luxury to be able to just sit a guy that's really good at catching passes like that in the red zone, just sit him down like we don't need him today. Well, you just take a chill right here and we're going to get this other guy in here. Well, no, we need we need him in there to do his thing. We need to figure out a way to get him involved in offense because the offense still uh, is not it's not moving like it's supposed to. It's still disjointed, still inconsistent. Anyway, let's let's get to this guy right here. Here he is right here. This is the man that runs the offense, the $150 million quarterback, Derek Carr. That's what he had to say. We're going to listen to some of his interview for a little bit. Here we go. I hope it is. Um, sorry if I don't pay attention to everything that's out there, but I hope it's being talked about because what he was able to do, uh, you know, that I did see them on the sideline, like going through the cadence of everyone has a different rhythm and the fact that they were able to execute and go out and do that, like, yeah, I mean, tip of the cap to Josh because that was, that was awesome. It's like we're the rocket science degree because of Andy Reid. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't have one of those. Uh, so, but no, watching, watching him be able to do that was was really impressive. Uh, you know, it's it's hard enough just going through a game plan and going out there and getting a win. You know, uh, and the fact that he he came in with very few reps and was able to do that and accomplish that. Uh, you know, that's hats off to you know Ko calling the plays and helping him out, and hats off to him making the plays happen. What's like one of the things that I think they talked about was like they were actually like having to explain the play over the speaker in his mm. helmet. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is like a super chaotic situation, oh, yeah. normally speaking. Like, yeah, could you fun. imagine even having it? That's hilarious. Like, I didn't know yeah. that. So, like, that is, that is awesome. And, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, he's obviously a smart guy. So, he, if he can handle that and do that, it was really cool. But also, knowing, you know, coach, like, he's, Ko is one of the one of the best in the business, you know, especially for quarterbacks. And so, uh, it doesn't surprise me that he was able to, you know, do that and help him out because uh, he's one of the best at working with quarterbacks in the whole entire league. Is there a trait that jumps out with this Minnesota defense? I know they have a guy that's a lot of sacks as well. I mean, mm-hmm. what stands out about them? Oh, they fly around, man. They fly around. They got talent. They got talent everywhere from, you know, their own draft picks from trades, free agents. I mean, they got uh, so much talent all over the place and. You know, I start naming players and tell you all about them, but you just see the thing that jumps out as they fly around. They they create havoc in the in the pocket. They you know punching the ball out, getting picks, whatever. Like they are, they're flying around and uh, very well coached. Obviously, the coach there and you know great scheme. Uh, it's been tough for years uh, to go against, and uh, you know so you had good scheme with you know good players. You know you're gonna get great results, and they they've done some things really really well. Y'all know what's interesting is like we know what good, great, like which really exceptional quarterback players we had. We were fortunate to have Drew Brees here for many years. So we had an opportunity to watch accurate, smart, really intelligent QB play, right? From Drew Brees, really checking things down, going through the motions, speaking, not only showing you, but speaking about it. Hundreds of press uh, interviews that we've covered over the years with Drew Brees. Uh, talking about the quarterback position, talking about his preparation process. And it becomes really clear, like most people, not they're not fortunate enough to been able to watch a first ballot Hall of Famer play the quarterback position for their team. They got a handful of teams out there. 
which might have, you know, had that happen for them. So you know what a quarterback looks like. This is not a disrespect to Derek Carr, but it what it does show is the discrepancies in his game when you know what you're looking for. You know, you know what you're looking for. Like if you know, if you did your research on a vehicle that you're looking to buy, and then somebody comes and say, Yeah, this is the same one you go to a call out and you're like, This is the vehicle. You're like, no, it's not the vehicle. No. The one that I like is a is a 2023. This is a 21, you know, or whatever. You know, it's red. This one's here is blue. You know, you know the difference because you had an opportunity to watch it for years. You watched it for years and you not only watched it, but you've seen it had major success, a lot of success. And then when you that guy then leaves because he gets old and it's time for him to go. And then there's another guy that has to come to replace him. Then you start noticing the things, started noticing how slow people are and getting the ball out. They're taking too long to study what they're looking at downfield or the fact that they don't go through all progressions. They don't have patience in the pocket like they're supposed to have. They don't have a feel for the pocket like they're supposed to have. They just got a gun for an arm. They have some athletic ability and they have some experience, right? But there's a lot of things missing there. Like, you know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying a car has to be a Hall of Famer for the Saints because he'll never be that. You know, I think at this point in time with him is this is this is he'll get better, like he'll get more comfortable with the Saints scheme or what they're asking for him right now. He's just kind of struggling through it, picking up here and picking up there and dealing with the pressures because, you know, coming to New Orleans, it's a, I'm not no disrespect to the Raiders people, but it's a different pressure. Like I often talk about it, like the New Orleans pressure like it's a small market team yeah small market team with big pressure you don't you're not going to come to the saints and then play beneath the saints and expect people we'll be patient with you but then you know you got to show you got to show that you know what you're doing and then people will break down film i break down film i see this stuff a lot of time i speak about it a lot of time but it's very obvious and glaring when you know what you're looking for and quarterbacks, you know, a gunslinger, you know, a guy that over relies on his arm too much, try to put balls in through tight windows at times when you ain't supposed to throw the ball uh, to a guy that's triple covered. When there's another guy out there, you simply just didn't see him because you're not patient enough to go through it. The feeling of the pocket, all that kind of stuff, the clock in the head. This one, I always talk about the clock in the head because that's one that Drew always talked about. He was big on that clock. He had he would go through that clock and the way he would make the clock work is he would have he would be saying it in his head while he's going through his progressions. You know, and, you know, we most of the times I could feel our offense kind of a quarterback telegraphs things sometimes, you know, and it, it's just it's just one of the things like Cam talked about it. Yeah, and it's where everybody's sensitive and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I get what you're saying, brother. Listen. Bottom line is, listen, when Carr came in here and he was doing the thing with Chris Olave a couple of weeks ago when he's doing all the pointing and complaining, and that's not just that, the Chris Olave thing, but he was getting into it on the sideline with people, fussing and cuss, you know, fussing at Pete Carmichael. You know, yeah, that's not what you're supposed to, that's not what you hear. You people get in disagreements, yes, but everybody here knows more than you. You're the problem. I keep telling people that you he the, he the damn problem. So 
until he learns, because you can't force the dude to learn and pick it up. He going, he still operates with the same tendencies he had when he was with the Raiders. You just want him to pick up, pick up little pieces at a time. And the way you let him do, you have to let him learn and you have to take the ball out of his hands. You're going to have to run the ball. You got to put Taysom Hill in there. And you notice that's what the Saints are doing and they're getting, they're having success that way. Taysom threw a touchdown last game. That's supposed to be Derek Carr in there doing it. Taysom Hill threw, threw a touchdown last game. Taysom Hill's running for first downs because the Saints, I've been saying it all year and they're finally doing it. You got to take the ball out of his hands because he doesn't know enough of the game plan or what they're doing to be able to win it for you. Maybe down the line this season, it'll click for him. Right now, it ain't clicking for him. Despite what he's saying, what he's saying and what he's doing on the field is two separate things, man. You know, it's like I do this. I talk to Michael Thomas. You know, I, you know, you know, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. And listen, you know, hey, I'm gonna tell you. I talked to Chris Olave the other night. He texted me. He texted me a picture of a butterfly. I told him, hey man, that's a beautiful butterfly. Let me teach you. Teach you. I, you know, and I responded. I told him, hey man, that's a beautiful butterfly. Let me text you this picture of this purple frog that was behind my house. He, he said it, man. That's a cool looking frog. Yeah, I told him I caught the frog and then. And I took some white out and I put speckled white out on his back and made him a unique purple frog with white spots on him. He said that was really cool. And after that, I just text that picture to Michael Thomas and says, hey, man, this is how creative our offense can look. It can be like this purple dotted frog that I just did right here. And Michael Thomas, he sent a smiley emoji back to me and we got to practice. We drank coffee together and then we talked about two plays and what movie we watch, you know, and then I like, I really like Denzel Washington and the equalizer, man, you know, I, I mean, you know, you know, he's just, he's like really cool. He killed, he killed that guy with a, with, he pressed his watch and then flipped the guy upside down and shot him in the face, man. I'm telling you, he does it really well, you know, and I'm just, I'm telling you, we just doing all we can do right now and it's going to all work. It's going to all click. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. And that's good. That's good. Cause you got to say something. But the game is not mashing. What he's doing is not isn't it? It's not matching, bro. It's not matching. And see, that's the clear the part. Like it's two things. It's like we've watched Drew Brees for years. We watched Drew Brees for years play a quarterback position. Y'all know what a quarterback looks like. Y'all know, and that's why some of y'all out there be like, man, dude, we had an opportunity to see a Hall of Famer work for years and a lot of success. Then you get a guy. Not just like Jameis was there, Teddy Bridgewater was there, but it's a difference. Those guys didn't have the full support of the team. They didn't have a $150 million contract for four years with nobody uh, on their backs for the job. They don't have to compete for the job. It's their job. It was given to them along with the check. So it's different. You know, it's different. It hits different. So the pressure, I talked about the New Orleans pressure. It's a small market, but it has big market pressure, just like a New York or a Los Angeles or a Chicago or an Atlanta. It has big pressure. Dallas, it has a big pressure market feel with this quarterback. And I think he might have not understood that. So, like I said, I know Derek Carr is going to eventually get it, but it's not going to happen right now. That's why you're going to have to figure out ways around him to win, running the ball and giving the ball to Taysom Hill, doing stuff like that. And then he works in there. That's why it's like keep his snaps down between 25 and 30, like his attempts. I mean, his attempts, his uh, passing attempts between 25 to 30 attempts. Offensive line has to do a better job of blocking, even if we have to go and put two tight end sets and run a fullback with the power to give the 
our running backs a fullback in front of them to punch holes through in the red zone. We got to start doing stuff like that. We got to start kind of taking it out of his hands because, like I said, and I'm just using the tape to fortify that he just doesn't know enough of the offense, and he's learning it bit by bit by bit. So it might it's, might take him another month worth of games before you start really seeing him finally the light bulb goes on. It might be another month worth of games before you say, okay, damn, man, okay, I got it, I got it. You know, it's just one of those things, man. So let's go back to Carr. How, can, how much can, like, a team really ride momentum? Because I know, like, Minnesota's one four straight. You guys are seeing them picking up. Is there is there something tangible you can you can use that like, to move on, or is it really just week to week? What, what's kind of the, the breakdown of that? I don't know. You know, yeah. I've been in sports, you know, my whole life, and everyone talks about momentum, and everyone can kind of feel it. You can't, but I don't know how to tangibly put a thing on it. You know, like I just, you come in every day and you try and give your best effort. You know, when, you know, we had a few losses there, I was still giving my best effort, like it was the Super Bowl. You know, we've won a few, and I'm still giving my best effort, like it's the Super Bowl. You know, and so I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know how to. I think if coaches knew how to bottle that up, you know, they'd have a secret formula and all those kind of things, but. It's just one of those things, man. You just keep doing things right, you know. Uh, I, I just believe in the process of uh, the weekly, you know, preparation and then going out there and cutting it loose and trying to execute the plays so precisely and so perfectly, knowing that you'll never get there. But it just, you know, running good football plays, running with the right fundamentals. You know, you train that all week and all, all off season, your whole life. And I, that, that's where I think if you get a group of guys doing that, that momentum shows up, you know. Yeah, that, that That's interesting what he just said. That y'all catch that? He was doing. He said he was doing everything that he can do and preparing every day as the best as he could do, like it was the Super Bowl. Did y'all catch that? Did you catch what he just said? I really and, and, and do you do you guys believe him? Do you believe what he just said? Because he does talk, and I don't think he's a. I think he's a very honest person. I think he's an honest dude. To be honest with you, I really do. I think he believes what he's saying, and. I just, and I'm saying that this is going to be a slow process. The man said he was doing the best that he can do and preparing like it's the Super Bowl. He said like the, and when he said that, that's like preparing for the Super Bowl is not the same preparation you would do for any other game. That's like an extra level two or an extra level two or three to your regular preparatory process. You see what I'm saying? So, for him, I don't think he's piling it on. I do believe Derek Carr when what he just said, but it's 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 gonna be a while. It's you know I wouldn't be surprised if it'd be like another month worth of games before he the light bulb goes on with it because it's a slow learning process. It's a slow burn, like a slow learning process here. Like you would think, guys pick it up. Like you've seen what Josh Dobbs do. With the Vikings, that wasn't luck. What he did when he when he went and took the starting job, the guy gets hurt. He goes in the game, wins the game, had to come from behind to beat the Falcons and win the game. That's not luck. He said prior to the game that he knew the system. We know that dude's really smart. Uh, Willie put up in the comment section: the dude is a what is he? His people work for NASA, and he's what? He's a basically a uh, not a rocket science right rocket scientist but he studied that was the field film expertise his field of expertise he studied that so we know intelligence is a part of the game it helps but like i said another part of the game is because he's familiar with west coast systems he's played in systems too chucky came in 
several times. And this is not counting the times that Derek Carr is having conversations with Chucky that he's not telling you about. We I know for I, I can't tell you a fact because I can't prove it. But come on. You best believe that he is talking to Coach Chucky on the phone. And he's trying to get tips from him. He's trying to get help from anywhere that he can get it from. But see, the issue is he's learning, but it's a slow learn. You know, and sometimes you can see he is really trying too hard because he'll, you know, he's every play. He's trying to make the right throw. So he'll study and stare down somebody, you know, as opposed to fan through. It's not a his game is not a relaxing game is what I'm saying. It's like you can see it's flowing. It's coming to him. And until he can settle down and play like that, you won't see what he can really be. He's a little bit too uptight. And that's because of the pressure. It's hard for you for him not to be uptight because of the pressure that the that the who that's putting on him because he took that big old contract. It's Dennis Allen's second year. Last year the Saints went backwards in losses. It's also the second year without a playoff. And people not playing that, especially the NFC South in the condition that it is in. So and the, the kind of, the kind of games that you're getting with teams with young quarterbacks and some of these guys are banged up. Wins you're supposed to get. You're supposed to win because your guys, majority of your guys are there. You're fortunate. So there's a pressure and, a, and, and an expectation here. This is not a team like, okay, we'll give you two or three years. No, no, no. They're tasked with winning now. You got to win now. That's the pressure. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Life insurance. What's your excuse for putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think your work coverage is enough? There's a lot of excuses for putting off life insurance, but one big reason why you shouldn't. If the unexpected were to happen to you, who would pay the mortgage, the kid's tuition, and all the other bills? In a time of grief, the last thing you would want is for your family to have to sell the house and struggle to survive financially. At Ethos, we could get you covered in just 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Rates can increase the longer you wait, so no more excuses. Take 10 minutes today and discover the modern way to get the life insurance coverage you need. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's E-T-H-O-S life.com slash audio. You know, that's the pressure. And I'm going to tell you, it affected Mickey Lomas. It affected him. Like he was like, Oh, well, you know, I don't worry about it. He said that in the press conference I played it here. 
I said, that's a bunch of BS, man. I said, uh, and then the press con- when he won, I think that was uh, last week, I think it was, or the week before, whenever they won the game last week, I think it was. Y'all remind me. He said, man, it feel good to smile again. I thought the pressure wasn't affecting you. I mean, I thought you was just going to be all do your thing. You know, it's a win. No, 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 no. We, it's the pressure. You got to do it. So I can see what Carr is doing. It's not like he's not. You know, he's not studying and doing everything he's supposed to do. He might be doing a little too much. He might he it does look like he is trying to make the right throw every play and he's taking extra time to do it. He's gotten better. Like each you can see him incrementally getting better. I don't see that, you know, like big leaps and jumps of betterment, but I can see him getting incrementally better. Like he is getting a better feel for the pocket. You know, he's doing a lot better that way, you know, so it's certain things is going on. But like I said, if the Saints and they started doing that, they took the game out of his hands by putting Taysom in there and by running the football. That's what you're supposed to do because he's not ready to win games for you by himself. He's still learning the game. And out of his mouth, you just heard him saying, I want y'all to remember this because I'm going to bring it up at in, in future shows that he's saying he's doing the best that he can do and that he's preparing like it's the Super Bowl. And when you prepare to play in the Super Bowl, it ain't the same game like you play in a week of preseason or even a regular season game. It's a different level of, prep, of preparation that you're doing like that, which means he's studying a lot more. He's trying, he's talking to everybody, doing his thing. He's trying to make everybody happy. Like the last game, he tried to force feed Chris Olave to the detriment of Michael Thomas. And that's not how you do it. You let your game flow to you, relax, and let the game flow to you. He's a little too uptight. So eventually he will, and I'm this is and I'm gonna say this, I've been saying this, is that he eventually will get it, but this is gonna be at least another month worth of learning going on before you really start to see a, a quantum leap type of uh uh style of play from Derek Carr. It could be another month. It's going to be slow. Like some you see, like when I talked about Josh Dobbs, he picks it up right away. He got the speed. He throwing, he finding the guys. He know where to go with the ball. It's just a rhythm thing. Right. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. Everybody don't have that same, you know, bend or that progression time frame. Everybody's different, but he's a 10 year veteran that has some experience with West coast offenses. This offense, he has issues with it and it's supposed to be QB friendly but he has issues with it because he's playing way too uptight. He really is playing way too uptight. You got to relax. You got to relax. Let the game come to you. And the Saints can help him relax by the offensive line play, playing better, meaning they're running better, run blocking better to allow the running game to go. And then allow me Taysom Hill to get in there. That takes pressure off of him while he's still learning. Now he'll get out there and make throws and throw touchdowns and stuff like that, but help him out. You're going to have to keep helping them out like we've been helping them out over these last several games. Don't put the game in his hand and make him throw for 50-something completions or 50-50 attempts because you're going to lose. It's not That's not how we win. And they did that, and they lost. He's not there yet. So I believe the man when he say what he say about him taking the time to kind of go through what he need to go through, man. Let's let's finish up. Pursuit for perfection. In a sense, right? That's exactly right. right. Um, if you can get to three before the bye week, I mean, is that is – that- kind of the, the goal right now for, for this team to, to want to get into that bye week three straight and then really kind of get going this, the second half? Well, absolutely. You know, um, anytime you have a bye week or 
you play a Thursday game, extend time. That extra time, you know, after a loss is always terrible. You know, you, you want to go into that with a win. That's every team in the NFL. You, know, you go into your bye week, you want to win. It feels better. You know, everyone's happy. You know, all those all those things. But, uh, you know, for us, the, the focus is this week. You know, uh, the bye week is long ways away. You know, right now we have to prepare, you know, uh, you know, today, like today is the most important day. And that's the only way we keep doing that, that you get the results that you want. And so, uh, you know, I thought our meetings after the win were very good, very positive, very, uh, you know, calling out the things we need to do better. Cause saying, Hey, we got to start doing it better in there. Uh, you know, it kind of, it just put that, that fire, you know, coach, you know, DA did a great job of lighting that fire in us again, saying, Hey, this was good, but this is where it could be better. And as long as we're focused on that, I think that, we can hopefully feel good after that. I know. Uh, yeah, it was. It, it, it's very unique. Uh, like I said, just just my studying the film and listening to him, and it's not the fact that I don't think the man wants to win. I think he want to win, but this is gonna be a this is gonna be it's gonna be a process. You know, I'm telling you, I can't prove it, but I'm telling you, he talking to Gruden. He trying to get help wherever he can get the help at. And the only way he's going to really get better, and all that information could be information overload. You're getting too much too soon. Remember, they talked about simplifying. And remember, they had some success after they did that when they talked about after the loss, the last loss they had about simplifying the playbook. Well, the only reason why you would simplify the playbook is to help the quarterback because he's the big reason, the only big name or person in the offense that are not familiar with this offense that that's not having as the success that they were having in the offense is him. When you talk about simplification of the playbook, that helps Derek. That's for Derek's car's benefit because he is a lot of information that he's getting, you know, he's getting people talking to him with Gruden telling them this, that, and the third, some of that he's going to have to shut out. And most of that he's going to have to get by relaxing and playing calmer in the pocket. Saints got to help him out with that. I really do think the dude eventually will get it, but right now it's going to be a slow-ass process. I'm going to <laughs> just keep it real with you, man. Take it, but I've been saying it for weeks. You got to take it out of his hands, man. You got to take it out of his hands right now because he want to do the right thing. He just don't. It's just not, he's just not good enough in their offense to kind of win games for you like Derek Carr puts it on his back and wins you the game. He throws four touchdowns, five touchdowns, and he was just on fire. Those games are going to come later on. We just need to use what we you know what works right now which is the running attack we need that running attack you know we need to use the running attack we need to use Taysom Hill we need to use Jimmy Graham in the red zone we need to just use what works to keep doing it we need to keep uh, the emphasis on the offensive line to play better especially with run blocking we got to do that the defense has to do a better job of containment of the quarterback not allowing them to leak out and create plays every game you know this type of stuff from an offensive standpoint, eventually it will kick in for the saints. But, you know, I was, I was hoping that it wouldn't, that he would have picked the, the game up by now. It's week 10 It's week 10. The bye week is after this game is this, this Sunday. And then after Sunday, the bye week, we got two weeks from now to bye week, you know, and then the game, the week after that, you got the Falcons coming. And well, you going to the Falcons, like you're on the road to the Falcons. So, and that's the game where the pressure really mounts. Don't beat the Falcons. You know, that that you, you it's a it's a it's pressure. The Saints have to beat the Vikings. They have to beat them going into the bye week. You got to. 
you got to beat them going into bye week because, like he said, he said it right. It was, it's, a, it's just a nasty taste in your mouth through the bye week all the way to Atlanta. And then you got to take care of business there, too. So in the end, like I said, I would kind of I wasn't I was hoping that it wouldn't be this like it wouldn't be such a slow. Uh, you know, learning process for car, but it is what it is, man. I mean, seriously, you know. And I just love, you know, the car dialogue. I call it the car, you know, riding with the car. And you riding with the car and car he you riding with him, he got stories and he go, he'll tell you about the butterflies. And, and you know, I you know, I done I talked to Michael Thomas, you know, and I you know we when I I seen Mike and you know we talked and I said, Hey Mike, man, did you uh did you see that movie? You know, what movie that you know that the movie, you know, that Denzel Washington, you know, and he kills Pete, presses his watch, and then it goes nine seconds, and then he he just before the nine seconds is up, I actually seen the last movie. He 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 started killing people before the nine seconds is up. It didn't even get to five seconds. Then you know, after that did that, you know, I watched it, you know, I went there and then I took out my phone, I took a picture of it, and then I text that picture. I know I wasn't supposed to do that because I was watching the movie and you're supposed to, but at least I didn't film it, you know what I'm saying? I could have filmed it, you know, I, I probably didn't do that. But then I took the the film, the the, the piece when he pressed his watch and I did a little clip of that and I sent it to Chris, uh Chris Olavi. Chris said, man, that's funny. You know, I, you know, yeah, I thought he waited nine seconds to kill somebody. No, he didn't wait nine seconds to kill somebody. You know, he waited, he killed him in five seconds. You know, he, he, he shot him quick. Then he flipped the guy upside down and, and, and smushed his face on the pan and then turned him upside down again, like a flip, like a flapjack, you know? And then after that, I, 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 I went to the gym and I seen Chris Olavi there and Chris Olavi told me, he said, um, Hey, uh, you know, did you show Rashid Shahid that clip? I said, well, you know, let me tell you, you know, before I show you this, let me take you outside and let me show you what the sky looks like. So I pointed up at the sky and the sky had streaks all across. It looked like, you know, God was playing a tic-tac-toe on the sky. You know, I showed him all that stuff and I was like, wow, did you see that? Look how those stripes going all across the sky like that. That's really weird. That's unique. It looks like God's playing tic-tac-toe up in the sky. You know, I showed him that. Then after I showed him that, then we went back in the facility. You know, we sat down at the table. Then I took out my phone and I showed him that. But then what happened was I made a mistake because when I was taking the picture of the, you know, of the sky, I, I made a mistake and deleted the, you know, the the, the, the little picture of, uh, of of the equalizer. So I was, you know, I was like, oh, my man. Oh, man. So I, you know, so I had to get on my phone again. And then I called uh, uh, Elvin Kamar. I said, Elvin, uh, listen, I had, I had a clip that I was going to show Rashid Shahid that I showed Chris Olave, and I wanted to end up showing it to you. But since I had it deleted it, I wanted to know if you wanted to go with Rashid Shahid, Chris Olave, myself, and Michael Thomas to go see the Equalizer and go see us so we could see the part that I wanted to show y'all about. We can, I, I'll take it. We can all go and go. And then so he said, cool, we'll go. So what I did was I didn't call jimmy graham i said jimmy listen we me uh me chris olavi michael thomas and, and rashid shaheed we all going to see uh the equalizer three you want to go you know i think that'll be a cool thing for us to get to go and then jimmy graham told me that the equalizer ain't in the damn theater no more so all right so you know <laughs> oh man anyway the bottom line is Derek Carr is a very unique quarterback, man. It's going to be a patient thing going on, man. And it's just one of those things where it's going to take a while for him to get it. At least another month worth of games, man. I'm just saying this is going to be a slow process. But the good news is we have the ability to be able to run the ball and, you know, and use Taysom Hill 
And that should help us win some of these games, man. So hopefully we can be able to at least by the time we get to the Falcons or Detroit, these are really good games to the Falcons, the first game against the Falcons in the Detroit matchup where we can be able to show some sort of offensive consistency where they can be able during that off seat of that off week, be able to figure out which plays that they like. Cause everybody has got to be plays that the offense likes that they're running, that they would like to kind of run consistently, you know, maybe the implementation of the, the, the hurry up offense outside of just the two minute window uh, in the back before halftime or toward the back end of the game. Like when offense got stuck in the second half, I didn't really see a lot of that going on. So maybe we can kind of make those adjustments and move forward, man, because in the end, it's going to be interesting to see how the things kick into effect and, and get this offense going, man. That's a key concern of mine, uh, as well as the defense, uh, allowing people to escape out on them. But anyway, fam, listen, I'm going to get out on that, man, talking about the equalizer. Listen, I appreciate all y'all for joining me on it. As y'all can tell, I, I like the equalizer. But as uh, let me get on the pod here. Listen, I appreciate y'all for chiming in on me. Uh, I'm going to pop up tomorrow. We'll have the Vikings Saints preview uh, rolling out tomorrow. Uh, we'll break it down. We'll go into it. Uh, I'm going to see if I can line up a media caster for the Vikings. We'll see how it goes. If not, then we'll just preview it ourselves. We'll go over it. The injury report and several other factors heading to the game. Friday, uh, uh, Friday, we'll see. I'll see if I can make it depending on my schedule. I have uh, other streams that I do. And perhaps if I can't make it Friday, then we'll do Saturday uh, morning coffee with Q like we did last Saturday as well. That was a pretty cool segment that we did just kicking back on that sun Saturday morning. So we'll see how it all works. But definitely tomorrow we'll pop back up here and talk about it. So, fam, listen, appreciate y'all, man. Y'all get y'all some rest. And I'm going to holler at y'all tomorrow on the next show. Much love and who that to you. Peace. I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. 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 Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like elf. Thank God every day I'm not a felt. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in, that was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Fucking on town, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut down. Panthers ain't much touchdown. The vision really belong to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell. The crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Look, like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma with Big Q and the guys on the PRO Media Network.
platform store where you can go and buy all the latest merch to support the platform. Available at the Pro Shops, we have dozens of hundreds of products available for you and your family. Unisex tees for men and women, hoodies and sweatshirts, tank tops, kids and baby items, long sleeve tees, mugs, pillows, wall art, bath bedding, face masks, phone cases, stickers, bags, fanny packs, socks, hats, and many other items. Please feel free to check out the Pro Shops. The Who That Daily.com. That's right. The Who That Daily.com. Your one stop shop for everything New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Pelican, LSU Tigers, even the top flight boxing. So if you're a Who That and you're looking for a place to stay up on your team, Who That Daily.com is your site. The Who That Daily.com for the sport. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks. The most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.